Welcome to QAV 448. This week we talk about the market's reactions to Omicron. There's a new worksheet that we're using. Builders are collapsing. Howard Marks's latest memo. Our new sales, our top stocks of last week, our stock picks for this week, and whether or not we should go to cash in the current market or wait for things to improve. If you're brand new to the show, welcome. We have There's a, free a lot more in the club, in the club edition, edition but club that'll edition do for now. Week, Let's we're get also talking in. about why we're not buying into ETFs and LICs, what Tony thinks about swapping winners for something that is on the buy list, and uh, if we should sell any share that has a 10% drop at any time, regardless of buy price. And we also talk a little bit about the Beatles documentary, Get Back. Um, and if you are new and you're wondering who we are, um, I'll talk more about how you can find that out after this episode. So without any further mucking about, let's get into it. Welcome to the Get Back podcast, uh, where Tony and I are just going to gush about the new Beatles documentary for four hours. <laughs> let's let's rush through this one and go back to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. I thought this is a QAV 448. I decided the title's Get Back Omicron. Uh, uh, hello, Tony. How are you? Good. Wet. <laughs> Hot and wet. Nice if you're in the, nice if you're the lady, but not when you're in the jungle. <laughs> It's uh, been a crazy week. It has, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Lots of turmoil in markets. Depending on who you believe, uh, Omicron's either going to put us back to square one or it's nothing. Don't worry about it. It's all fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a moving target, I think. Yeah, who do you believe? Exactly. Markets are bouncing around on the slightest information. Like yesterday, the market crashed because everyone was worried. And then today, bounced back up again. Based on what? Nah, nothing really. Uh, Hunt came out and said, oh, we don't think it's going to be so bad based on some early early indications, and so the market's bounced. Uh, meanwhile, the Powell and the U.S. Fed is telling the U.S. markets that it's going to have uh, – could have significant consequences on the U.S. economy, Omicron, but here we don't seem to be too worried about it. Uh, no, it's all over the place. Well, the U.S. market bounced as well. We're, we're just following them, so they must have ignored Powell. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, probably. Wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. Well, you know, the share market is a, a Bayesian machine, right? It takes new information and tries to predict the future with it, work out the probabilities. Yeah. I would just feel sorry for anyone who's trying to figure out what to do with their investing by reading the news right now. It's uh, all over the place. I feel grateful that I can ignore it all and just uh, follow the recipe. Yeah, follow the rules exactly. And it's it's been choppy and, you know, I've lost money. I'm sure other people have lost money over the last week or so, but it'll come back. Yeah. Market will settle down once it has full information and we'll just move on. At least reminded me to pull out this book called The Obstacle is the Way by a guy called Ryan Holiday, which I got, I think, last year. It's a retelling of uh, the Stoics' philosophy. Marcus Aurelius in particular, which is one of your guys, I think, from your history podcast, but just pulled it out. You opened it to almost any page and there's an applicable quote. And the, and the obstacle is the way is probably the most important one. He's basically saying what's uh, Aurelius's quote is something like, um, whenever you uh, come across an obstacle, you can perceive it to be a bad omen or perceive it to a, the end of all your fortunes, or you can just get on with it and move it. 
There's no going around. There's no going back. It's just the obstacle is the way. And that's what we do with the market. Or as Shakespeare said, nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Correct. Exactly. That's one of the quotes in here too. Other good ones? Under under the comb, the tangle and the straight path are the same. Heraclitus mm-hmm. said that. So we're in, a, we're in a tangle at the moment, but we have a process to uh, untangle it. Uh, here's the Aurelius quote. The impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. That's Marcus Aurelius. Mind you, Ryan Holiday's last book, which I read, was called Don't Trust Me, I'm Lying. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if this, <laughs> he might saying, be taking the piss uh, with this book. He's saying, he's saying trust uh, Aurelius and the uh, ancient Greeks. Yeah. Well, you know, you go back earlier with the Stoics, yeah. Uh, we Ray and I on our um, Alexander show talked a lot about the where the uh, Stoics came from around mm-hmm. about mm, 300 and something BCE, 313 BCE. Yeah, it's an interesting story. And I uh, posted a thing up on our Facebook group the other day. I just happened to be looking at our Nevexa chart since inception. And, you know, it was just a good reminder that in the two mm. in a little bit years we've been doing QAV in the portfolio, our portfolio has gone down by between 10 and 30% on probably mm-hmm. half a dozen occasions mm-hmm. over two years. It goes down, then it goes back up, then it goes down, then it goes up a bit more, then it goes down, then it goes up a bit higher than it was but last time, then it goes down, then it goes up. And when I look at that after two years, I go, okay, that's just how it works, right? It goes down, yeah. then it goes back up. And I realise that you've been looking at charts like that for 30 <laughs> years. <laughs> I've been doing it for two uh, years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, been through periods where it goes down and stays down and keeps going down for 18 months right. to two years and then comes back up again. So, yeah, it's a situation normal. As I said on um, Phil Muscatello's show a couple of years ago during the COVID cough, it's what yeah. markets do. And after you've seen it happen enough times, I would guess you just go, yeah, okay, that's just no big deal. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just a, you flick, a, flick a switch. The market's now turbulent. I have to be vigilant on my alerts, on my rule ones and sell when they happen. If I have to buy them back the next day, so be it. That's that's <laughs> the process. Okay, I've burned a bit of commission. That's how it has to happen. That's all. The, the process is all designed to protect us. If, if we have to spend a bit of insurance money, then so be it. Mm-hmm. That's your insurance money, the transaction fee to get out of something when it's dropping. Correct. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's good. We'll speak more on that, I'm sure, as we go through the show. Just an alert uh, for people, QAV Club members in particular, who ha- haven't checked Facebook or read their emails in the last week. There um, have been some changes to the AF version of the checklist. Make sure you Go to the club member resources page and download the latest version of that. Check your emails or Facebook for an explanation. I won't bother going through it. But thank you again to Andrew Flipman for doing a lot of work in the last week to come up with a new version for us. And to Glenn Conroy for pointing out uh, one of the problems. Basically, it wasn't, I didn't have a process in place for updating the checklist with all of the new stocks that were hitting the ASX. I was just doing it manually, which Andrew says is fine. And, and, you know, if something pops up and it's not on your manual data tab, you can just add it in down the bottom. But there's also a process that he created. You know, you can run it once a month or whatever, and it'll just add all of the new stocks in. don't think it's been a problem because I compare my buy list with your buy list every week and I, nothing's turned up in yours that wasn't in mine. So I don't think it's a big issue. No, it shouldn't be. And, and I know this recently as well. There has been a lot of new stocks on the ASX, but they haven't been 
you know, prop calf less than seven. So it's I can't think of any of the impact of the buy list at all. The thing that uh, woke us up to it that Glenn pointed out was um, KPT and KIL. For some reason, it ended up twice on our manual data tab, both as KPT and as KIL, because I hadn't deleted it as KPT when it turned up as KIL, and that sort of threw everything out of the checklist because there was too many stocks in there. So uh, we just deleted KPT, and it was fine. I was talking to a mate of mine last week, old school friend actually from primary school. He runs a building company development business, property development in the Gold Coast and has done for 20-odd years. And he was saying, yeah, builders are starting to go broke and he said uh, word on the street is going to see a lot more of them in the next six months that are just being squeezed by supply issues. They just, you know, they've, they've pre-sold a whole bunch of stuff and they just can't get steel, wood, whatever it is they need to build. So he said you'll see a lot of builders start to go broke in the next six months when they just get squeezed unless something happens with the supply side of things, I guess, which doesn't look like it's happening in a hurry. So, uh, yeah, just... That's always a bad sign when that happens. Yeah. I th- again, obviously, it doesn't change anything for us. We just keep doing what we're doing. But Correct. just yeah. uh, I think that was an interesting piece of... Intel yeah. from the ground. It is. And the sad part is that people will lose their deposits as well. Yeah. that's uh, There's no insurance when you buy something like that off the plan. Oh. You have some sort of insurance. Yeah, there might be these days. There's always been people caught out in the past because what, what tends to happen is the builder goes broke and then pops up you know, a month later with a different company and they you can't sue the old company. It's been bankrupted. And then the, whatever government insurance is in place takes three or four years to wind its way through the courts to try and claim from the Phoenix company and doesn't and, yeah, whatever. That that process may have been improved since the last recession, but um, hopefully it has. But, yeah, it's uh, I wouldn't be – if that's the case, I wouldn't be buying anything off the plan at the moment or on spec. It might be too late if people have been doing it when they've been flush with cash. Yeah, could be. Last uh, year. Mm. Howard Marks came out with his quarterly memo the other day. Did you ever read of that? No, I only read Harpo Marks myself. I haven't seen Howard Marks. <laughs> I don't read. I, I listen to the audio book of uh, Harpo Marks, mm, yeah. One of the greatest autobiographies ever. Harpo Speaks. Hey, tell me that. Yeah, I still haven't read that. It's pretty good though, right? So, no, you didn't read Howard Marks? No, no, I haven't read Howard. Or Zeppo or, or uh, Groucho. <laughs> what about Carl? Read Carl? <laughs> uh, the, the share market is evil. <laughs> no, I haven't read Carl. Well, he doesn't doesn't say that. He says that the, uh, you know, forces of capital should be in the hands of the people. But, uh, okay. Uh, well, Howard Marks talked a lot about that, actually, um, in a way. He was talking, uh, about, among other things, about, all of the problems he foresees for America moving forwards right. in terms of its political system and its capitalist system, how it's just uh, broken everywhere. He doesn't sound very optimistic at all about the future of the United States, but does sound very optimistic about the future of China. And he said he's for 15 years or so, he has sat on the Shanghai American Investment Committee board or something. So, uh, and he spent a lot of time in China. He's got a very um, close uh, view of what that's going. He said, 
for all the rhetoric that you know came out of the last administration and this administration about China being a threat and China being that, the amount of American money that's being sunk into China still by American businesses uh, suggests that American businesses don't think anything's going to happen between the US and China, and they're going to be using all of their influence to make sure nothing happens to their investments in China. So he's very positive. He said, like, anything could happen, but he's very he's very uh, positive about the role that Xi Jinping is playing, the job that they're doing over there, and that it's going to be uh, continue to be successful. So interesting. Good. Good to have a balanced opinion. Yeah, it wasn't the, wasn't the uh, Citibank opinion when Jamie Dimon, the CEO of Citibank, congratulated the Communist Party on 100 years of rule and then bet them that Citibank would still be around in 100 years' time, but they wouldn't be. <laughs> right. Yeah, which didn't help their investments in China after that. <laughs> uh, my old boss, Trevor Kennedy, died over the weekend, Tony. Your old boss, really? Wow. Well, he ran Aussie Mail when I was at oh, Aussie Mail for okay. a couple of years, yeah. And um, I read there was a, an obit uh, in uh, the Finn that I was reading, Trevor Kennedy's toughest deal crossing Kerry Packer. You ever heard the story about when uh, Turnbull and Trevor, who went on to found Aussie Mail but together, but when Malcolm Turnbull and Trevor got kicked out of the Tarang Consortium, <laughs> apparently, this is, this is old news, Apparently, Malcolm Turnbull secretly met with uh, some investigators and gave them copies of Trevor Kennedy's diary that showed that whilst uh, of kids, for folks who are too young to remember this, this is going back a ways, uh, the 80s, I guess, late 80s, when Kerry Packer was trying to take over Fairfax and he was mm-hmm. telling the Australian media tribunal or whatever it was that he was going to be hands off and he wasn't because he already owned, you know, nine or whatever he owned at the time back then, Women's Weekly and all that kind of stuff. That he was going to be hands off and he wasn't going to have anything to do with it. It was okay. Privately, he was going to run it like you would imagine Kerry Packer was going to run it. And this was all written down in Trevor Kennedy's diary, oh. which Malcolm Turnbull leaked to investigators after they got knifed. And uh, Malcolm Turnbull is on record as saying that Kerry Packer told him he was going to have him killed for releasing this because uh, uh, just after he leaked this information, Kerry pulled out of the whole Fairfax deal when this got out. And Turnbull claims he said to him, well, when you send your guy after me, you better make sure he gets me with the first shot because if he doesn't, you better bloody be sure my guy won't miss. Ooh. So <laughs> Wow. I was like, well, that's uh, like, you know, Kerry Packer then did die. It was, you know, 18 years later, but he <laughs> did die, so you never know. And aren't you living in Kerry Packer's old penthouse apartment <laughs> that he didn't move into? Correct. Maybe because he found out it was booby-trapped by Malcolm Turnbull. <laughs> that's all I'm saying uh. is you just want to be careful. If you see any loose wires in the walls, don't. Don't pull on them or anything like that. Right. So it's Malcolm who's been stealing our stock tips, not the Chinese Communist Party. <laughs> it could be. Could have the place bugs. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, uh, gee. Anyway, you want to talk about the of the week? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, we want to talk about the news items first. And a few other things, yeah. Well, speaking of the Chinese Communist Party, did you see how the World Health Organization, the WHO, the doctor, as, as I like to call mm-hmm. them, they skip 
two Greek letters to get to Omicron. Yes. New and, and Z. Z was one of yes. Them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but they said it's because it's a common surname, as it is with Xi Jinping, and they didn't want to offend people. Donald Ooh. Trump saying it's because they're uh, trying to pacify the uh, Chinese or pacify the president, but uh, I don't think that's the case. Who knows? Anyway, I thought it was interesting and worth a laugh. Gee, you really, you really have been spending a lot of time with Des lately, haven't you? <laughs> I, I unfriended Des about two years ago or a year ago or something. Yeah. I know, I know. You're just going down the conspiracy rabbit hole. Oh, no. I'm holding, I'm using my Barbados tea mug today. So hats off to Barbados. They've just elected their own president. Oh, yes, they've become a republic. A republic, right? yes, and thrown off the British royal family. So we, uh, we visited there when I was living in Toronto. Great place. And you're wearing your Berkshire Hathaway commemorative yes, shirt. That's right. Haven't worn it for a while. I'm going away on Friday, so, so I'm I'm trying to wear all the things I don't normally take away with me, so I don't have to wash before I leave. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, just getting back to the the current market. A couple of other quotes that I wanted to cover off before we go into stock of the week. One comes from the Racing Fraternity, and it, it says. Losing money is one thing. Losing your nerve is everything. And I think that's kind of get a sense that some people are starting to get a bit tired of rule one or three point cell lines. But uh, you got to keep got to keep holding your nerve. And and uh, I guess a, another quote came to mind. Ruddy was talking to me last week about it. So we we went away to the Hunter and played golf. And uh, as part of our goodie bags, they gave us a copy of a a book by a golf pro, Nick Ahern, and in that, Ruddy pulled out uh, a quote which was um, which was good. It's, it's the three-letter acronym is DCA, and it stands for decide, commit, and accept. And it's a good way to play golf. You decide on the shot, you commit to it, and then whatever happens, you accept it. And I think the same thing's applicable to the stock market. You decide what you're going to do, you commit, and you accept. You don't go in going. Oh, what the fuck do I do? It's down. <laughs> Rule one's been breached. Do I sell? Do I hold? You decide, you commit, and then whatever happens, you accept it. You don't Monday morning quarterback it. You don't say, oh, gee, it should have used a six iron, not a seven iron. You accept it. You may have got it right. You may have got it wrong. You move on. I think that's appropriate. Yeah, no, look, I, I feel for people that are oh, uh, new into QAV and maybe they haven't been listening very long, they haven't been following along very long and, you know, they may not have the degree of confidence in it or in you that they will have over time that the system works. And so it's it's quite scary and they think, well, if I just maybe tweak this bit or tweak that bit, uh, which, of course, they're, they're free to do. Absolutely. You can, you yeah. can see the cows from home if you want, but uh, certainly it's, you know, it where it currently is is the result of your 30 years of tweaking yeah. <laughs> and testing, back testing. Yep. So, uh, you know, I would recommend that they just, you know, and, and don't trust us, don't trust you. you jump on our Facebook group and, and ask Mm. ask the people that have been following QAV for a couple of years because there's a bunch of them there on the Facebook group and say, you know, what, what do they think after a couple of years? Don't, you know, don't trust us. You know, go go yeah, ask God, no. the people that have been doing it for a while. <laughs> don't trust us. Trust, I mean, trust the process. If you don't like the process, you can fudge it. But, you know, if you fudge it too much and get too far away from it, you'll get into that loop of did I do the right thing? Did I do the wrong thing? You've got to decide to commit. Yeah, anyway. 
couple of other things. Uh, there's been a few sells last week, which crossed our three-point trend. I just thought it might be worthwhile talking about, or not talking about them, but just naming them now in case people haven't seen them. Uh, National Bank did, uh, and then I sold it. Downer EDI did, and I sold it. Super Cheap Ward they did last week, um, or Super Group, Super Retail Group, as did EVZ, ASG, DSK, EP1, PPG, SGR, SGR, sorry, and ADA. They're all now sales that I picked up doing our buy list work on the weekend. And two new ones, CLT and SND, Saunders International, have entered the buy list. You spoke about our dummy portfolio, haven't you, I think? Anyway, we've got um, our, our three top stocks in the VEXA this week, uh, KSC up 5%, Corvest KOV up 3%, and uh, KIL, which is just up uh, 0.38% of a percent. But the, they, they were the only three rises. So the dummy portfolio is down just under a 1% for the week, but the market was down 2.13% for that same seven-day period. As you said before, we're up 30% CAGA over the two and a bit years versus 11% for the market since inception and 5.25% for this financial year versus 2.57% for the market. So um, not quite double, but getting there. Uh, yeah, so it's a turbulent time, but uh, these are the kind of times where you, I think the process comes to the fore. And if you, it's good to have a process to rely upon. You don't have to think about everything from first principles. So, yeah. Two more things I want to talk about quickly before stock of the week. The first one is last week I uh, talked about average daily trade and what sort of percentage people should uh, pay up to of that. And uh, one of the listeners had written in asking a question and, and part of that question they mentioned that 20% was in the Bible and I said, no, I think it's 33 and a third. It should be 20%. So I, I um, got that wrong. I'm sorry. I, I think what's happened is in the couple of years since I mentioned that, I've just been trying to find 15 to 20 stocks big enough on the buy list to get into my portfolio. So I think I've crept up to 33 and a third percent to try and do that. But no, it should be 20%. I went back and looked at, so the idea for that came from a book called Skin in the Game by Nicholas Taleb. The classic quote is about walking into a movie cinema and looking at, looking not at how big the, the cinema is, but how big the exits are in case you need to get out in a hurry. And uh, also check with Stock Doctor. Stock Doctor recommend 20% as well. So a um, couple of sources there for that. So I got it wrong, sorry. It's, it should be 20% in the Bible, not, uh, not a third. I just think I've crept up to that. Yeah, the problems you have, Tony, of uh, <laughs> like, like not being able to memory. find things. <laughs> yeah, you've got a good memory, but yeah, yeah, not being able to find stuff to buy. They're all too small. And then the other thing I wanted to mention too, when we talk about Omicron, I did make a note and we didn't cover it, was that um, the difference this time around is antiviral. So I suspect not only will there be, if we need the new vaccines or if the current ones are fine, booster shots, but... The difference this time around is that we're not too far away from having a an oral antiviral, which will help people get through COVID. That may make a difference. Although the one they were touting a couple of weeks ago, they've ended up pulling, said it didn't work. Okay. Yeah, hopefully it won't be so long that we it won't be too long before we have one. Yeah. Okay, moving on. I've got stock of the week to talk about. Mm-hmm. So the, the small cap one and a large cap one. I didn't put it in my notes. Lindsay, L A U. Lindsay, thank Lindsay you. Transport. Yep, it's only a, it's a very tiny company. It only has an ADT of around three thousand dollars, so it's not going to suit most people. 
I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that in detail. I'm going to talk about uh, West African Resources, which is a much bigger company, and declare that I own it. And last week when I was selling stocks and trying to find things to buy, I topped up my holding in um, West African Resources. But that's neither here nor there. This is not a recommendation to, to buy the stock. I'm just going to go through the process of how we analyse it. I learned something new when I was looking up the details on West African Resources. Do you know what the capital of Burkina Faso is? where WAF has a mine. I used to, actually, but yeah. no, I cannot recall. Mm. I hope I'll pronounce it properly. Ouagadougou. Ah, Ouagadougou. Ouagadougou. Yeah, I knew a family from Burkina Faso that I met a few years ago, so I read up on it because I, I knew nothing about it and I felt, like a, I felt like a complete idiot. So, but yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, so West African com- country, Burkina Faso, uh, two projects over there for this company, San Brado Gold Project, which is actually producing, and that's near Ouagadougou, the capital of Burkina Faso, and then a new one called Satanga, which is a copper, golds, and molybdenum project, which is under development in, in a, also in Burkina Faso and reasonably close to the coast, so it's only 40 k's from a port, which is always important for miners, that's a good thing. That ha- That's under development, hasn't actually started producing yet. On to the numbers, QAV score is 0.14, so it's down towards the bottom of the list. And one of the things I struggled with in finding a stock to talk about this week, Cam, was that um, the small cap stocks are fine, but finding a large cap stock that um, we hadn't already talked about and was on the buy list and wasn't also a Josephine was difficult. I had to run a buy list this morning for my super fund just with the ASX 300, so large cap stocks. My The list mm-hmm. was pretty small. It was uh, – I meant to ask you about that. I ran it was like less than 20 stocks. Yeah. And I well, we owned like 15 of them, so I was getting yeah. right down to the bottom. And some of them are probably also Josephine's too, like Beach Energy, for example. I ended up buying, buying Perseus, which I tried to buy like a week or so ago, but it was a Josephine then, but it's shot up since then. But, yeah, it was very slim pickings for – Large cap stocks this morning. Yeah. So that's an issue. So that's why I'm talking about a stock that's close to the bottom of our list. And it it's scoring 0.14. And this is a, this is with a share price of $1.32. But if it does increase and uh, gold companies will do well if there is another pullback in the market or if there is another problem with Omicron, then th- this one might go off the bottom of the list. But yeah, QAV score of 0.14, quality score of 85%, which is quite good. Average daily trade of 5.38 million. These figures come from today, 30th of November 21, 2021. Price of $1.32, which is less than the consensus target in Stock Doctor um, of the brokerage of this, uh, the cover this company. Uh, no dividend, so we can't give it any points for that. But the financial health is strong and steady, but it's not a star stock. So we, um, it's strong and steady, but not a star stock. Interestingly enough, the return on equity in this company is nearly 94%. So I know some people like to focus on that. We don't, but uh, it's a very high ROE uh, for this company. But PropCAF is 6.46, so just under 7. And I think if uh, the share price does increase, it won't take long before this is above 7 and it will lose a couple of points. So if the share price keeps rising, it may not be on the buy list for um, um, a long period. P is 8.43, which is quite low. And one of the reasons that companies like this come onto um, a value investor screening page is because that a lot of a lot of people don't like buying outside of Australia, and they talk about sovereign risk, which is something we should address with companies like this. It is always a risk, but 
risk and reward applies here, and, and the company certainly, for a company with a ROE of 94% and a, a fully functional gold mine plus a, another one in development, to pay this kind of price for it, you know, some six or seven times cash flow is quite cheap. But there is the risk of, um, of it being in a foreign jurisdiction, and they call that sovereign risk. I did note in my um, research of the company that the Burkina Faso government gets a free 10% shareholding uh, or a stake in the profits, I think. I don't know if they're actually shareholders, but certainly a stake in the profits. So who knows what will happen, but that may well placate any sort of um, negative uh, activity from the local government over there. But it's always a risk. Uh, the price of this of this um, stock is above our IV1, but it's less than IV2, and it's less than half of IV2. So we give it a, an extra point for that in the checklist. Net equity per share is only $0.28, cents, so um, the share price of $1.32 is way above that, so it gets a zero score for book value and a zero score for being less than 30% above book. EPS growth is forecast to be 32%, which is, um, again, quite high, given, especially given the price we're paying for this stock, which means the growth over the PE is, uh, is 3.8 times, which scores well on our checklist, something we look at. Funnily enough, directors only hold 3%, so it doesn't score on the founder-owner side of things. It does have a record low... PE for the last three years. So that gets a two in our checklist. Equity is not going up consistently, so it doesn't get a score for that. So all in all, cheap, probably because of sovereign risk and um, uh, scoring 0.14, but with a prop calf of 6.46 might not be around for long. Hmm. I think I got a lower prop calf on that when I was looking at it yesterday. I think mine was 5.46. Yeah, there's a difference between Stock Doctor, if you take their figure, and how we, when we calculate it using NEPs, there's about a 10% difference. Yeah. I might have been looking at the Stock Doctor one, yeah. Mm. Good. Thank you for that, Tony. I hold WAF and LAO in my portfolios just for full transparency. Let's move on to questions. Yeah. Gary. Uh, got a quick question in regards to what you might be doing at the moment while the market seems to be going south. My plain, situation, plain I start, <laughs> this weather, I started yeah, investing tomorrow. in October. I started investing in October when I was trying to build up my portfolio to 20 stocks. I started to buy from the top of the list where I got to about 16. After a few weeks, I had a few stocks where they dropped more than 10% of their buy price. So I had to use rule number one. For example, NHC, yep, I had to sell that as well. SFR, AIS, yep, GCY and Sun, yep. <laughs> I sold Sun. We've, yep. all, been there. We've yep. all been there, Gary. I currently have 11 stocks in my portfolio, but three more have dropped below their 10% buy price, i.e. EHL, yep, I sold that yesterday, Dow and CLX. My question is, would you continue to keep buying from the watch list or hold on to your cash, sit on your positive performing stocks and wait until the market picks up again to buy? I'm interested to know what you would do. Well, yes, the classic question, yeah. Gary, do you sit on cash or keep investing? And Tony says? Keep investing. The answer's in the question. Do you sit on cash and your positive performing stocks and wait until the market picks up again to buy or, or do you invest? Well, if Gary can tell me when the market's going to pick up again, I'll just go away. I'll sleep when the market's not going to, and I'll wait until he tells me when the market's going to pick up again. I'll just invest on the good days. That'll be great, and uh, we'll, we'll be doing this from the Bahamas in the future if that can happen. No one will. No one knows when the market will pick up again. People will tell you they do, 
but they don't, and you only know when it happens. So stick to the process. That's that's my. I mean, it's a kind of a trite answer to Gary's question. So I, I guess it's unfortunate that Gary sort of started to invest in October when the market's going through a turbulent time. But what else do you do? You could just wait until the market corrects, but you could be sitting and waiting for a couple of years before that happens. So who knows? If I had started in the market in October, I'd be doing the same thing. Yeah, well, that's the end of the free episode. As I said at the beginning, there's a free episode and a club edition that comes out each week. It goes for another half an hour to an hour, depending on the week. Um, and in the club edition this week, we answered a bunch of listener questions about why we're not buying into ETFs and LICs, what Tony thinks about swapping winners for something else on the buy list, and uh, or rebalancing, in other words, and whether or not we should sell any share that has a 10% drop at any time regardless of buy price um, and we talked a little bit about the Beatles documentary at the end but um, so if you're wondering who we are and who Tony is and and whether or not he knows what he's talking about uh, I recommend go to our website qavpodcast.com.au listen to episode 301 because that's where um, it was Tony sort of goes into his background how he developed his method of investing over 30 odd years and how it works uh, you can find that just on the homepage of the website. Look for the uh, Getting Started stuff. If you've stumbled on this via a podcast app or something like that, uh, go check that out. And if you're interested in checking out the QAV Club, where you get access to a bunch of extra materials to help you with your investing, sign up for the free trial on our website and you get access to everything for a couple of weeks. You can do, see if it passes the sniff test, see if you think it's right for you. And if you have any questions, shoot me an email. You'll find my contact details on the website. My name's Cameron. Uh, Have a great week. Good luck with your investing. Don't let the uh, markets scare you too much. This is uh, just how investing is. Things go up, things go down. We have a system that just lets us keep trading all the way through. We have rules to follow, steps, a process that tells us what to do and when to do it. And it seems to work. So uh, anyway, you can check that out on the website. Good luck. Have a good week. Stay safe. Cheers. QAV Podcast is a production of Spacecraft Publishing Proprietary Limited, authorised representative of AFSL 520442, AFS representative number 00129217182. Please don't make any investment decisions based solely on listening to this podcast. This is presented as general advice only, not personal financial advice. We don't know your personal financial circumstances. Please see a financial planner before making any investing decisions.